This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Our next guest is one of the most prolific yardage producers in NFL history. Brian Mitchell is first all-time in kick return and punt return yards, second all-time in all-purpose yards, and second all-time in special teams touchdowns. He's also a member of that team. You just heard with the uh, song for Washington Redskins. He's on their 70th anniversary team, and he's in their ring of fame. But here's the problem. While he could run almost everywhere and anywhere, he had trouble getting to the Pro Bowl. He was voted in only once in 13 years, even though he was a three-time All-Pro, and he <laughs> can't get into the Hall of Fame. He's on the preliminary list this year for the class of 2017, but he hasn't been a semifinalist. Is that odd? Well, you know what? We think so. So we decided to ask him to come on here and talk about it. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, no problem. How you doing, man? Good. Well, B. Mitch, your name is associated with two of the greatest players in NFL history. You're second all-time in all-purpose yards behind Jerry Rice, and you are one of only mm-hmm. two players in NFL history to lead the league in combined total yardage four times, trailing only my favorite football player of all time, Jim Brown, who did it five times. What should those numbers tell Hall of Fame voters about Brian Mitchell? Well, I think when you look at the uh, list of the top 20 people, when you begin to look at it, you don't see people try to act as if that guys on special teams just get a lot of free yards, but you don't see 20 people up there in the top. uh, I think it says longevity. It says being able to play and be good for a long time because normally they won't keep you around if you're not doing very uh, well and you're not effective at the job that you're doing. So I think when you look at that, uh, you see a guy who was productive over his whole career, and I helped my team win. You know, I, I think I was around a bunch of coaches who put a lot of emphasis on special teams, and they felt that what we did as special teams, whether stopping people from getting a lot of yards like Steve Tasker was very good at, or giving the offense a uh, ball in a good field position where it's going to be an easier chance or a higher percentage of them getting a touchdown or getting some points out of it. And I think I did a good job of that, you know, so – I hear a lot of people act as if special teams is not important, but every coach in every locker room, every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever a game is, is discussing special teams, so it's very important. Brian, you returned the first kick you ever touched for a touchdown in your very first preseason game with the Redskins as a rookie. Did you think, yeah. wow, this is easier than I thought it was going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, you know what, I, my mindset was going to the day, I, I'm going to try this out because they said they were going to put me as a return man. I was already offered a contract to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to go up there and play quarterback. So if it was going to be, if it was something that was very, I would say, difficult or, or if I got hit very hard or hurt, I probably would have ended up in North Canada. But after having that uh, success that early, it made me work hard at it. It made me want to do it. And I think uh, from that point, I went on to look at a lot of Mike Nam's film. Uh, Joe Howard Johnson was a returner here who began to teach me a lot about the art of returning. And then when Pete Rodriguez came in, Wayne said, also, he said, look, I'm going to give you a chance. You know, how to, once you get the ball in the hand, I said, coach, I never caught a punt. He said, but once you get the ball in the hand, you know what to do with it. And I began to learn a lot after practice with Joe. But once Pete got here, he taught me the art of being a returner. You know, not just worrying about the big return, but making the proper catch, fielding the ball when I should, not letting balls hit the ground. If a ball is on the ground, if I can get down on it and give it to the offense in a better field position, do that. Don't let it roll against the team. So I played the game more as a, a team player, but I did have success because I, I never did nothing that was going to just work against the team. We're speaking with Brian Mitchell on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at Talk of Fame 
net. And Brian, since you mentioned earlier special teams, you were talking about Tasker. Uh, I want to ask you a question here. Um, there really seems to be a blind spot among Hall of Fame selectors towards special teams. I mean, there are only two special mm-hmm. teamers that are in there. I mean, Jan Stenrud, as you know, and Ray Guy. Yeah, Ray it took, Guy. yeah but it took Ray Guy over 25 years to get in, the greatest punter of all time. You know, some people yeah. say special teamers aren't football players because they only play a handful of snaps. I, I disagree strongly, but I want to hear what you have to say. What do you think about that? I think those people need to go try and play, be a returner for just uh, one year. Okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we played in a playoff game. I was with the Philadelphia Eagles against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And asked John Gruden who he was he concerned. He said, I was only, we were only concerned about Brian Mitchell. If special team doesn't make a difference, why wouldn't they kick me the ball? They kicked off the first one. I went 75 yards. They never kicked me another ball. They were concerned <laughs> about what I was going to do. Uh, you know, I was just uh, some, uh, my buddy just sent me a thing that Bill Parcells was talking about, uh, this do-all player. He was talking about myself. You know, the thing of it is, I know that we, the special team doesn't get respect, but I always thought it was the Pro Football Hall of Fame. How do you represent the Pro Football Hall of Fame when you only have, when you only lean towards certain people? Yeah, we put quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame, but a quarterback, in my eyes, is the most dependent position in all the sports. They can't do nothing without anybody else. Okay, we find the left tackle. The left tackle might be a Hall of Fame, but why, why didn't more right tackles go to there? You know, you, when you begin to look around, you need to represent everything. Ray Guy was the best punter ever. Why do you have to worry about what Joe, what Joe Montana did? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We compare all this stuff, and I watch guys. You know, uh, Jason Seahorn decided he wanted to return punts. He hadn't played football since then. The thing about those guys that are returning punts and kicks, you're getting hit with people running full speed. See, I, people always ask me about who I worry about getting hit. But I said, the guy that's 6'5", 350, I don't care. He catches me and falls down. But the guys <laughs> on special teams that are anywhere from 5'10", all up to 6'5", that are from 180 to 270 pounds, they are running full speed to try and run through you. I did that for 14 years. Didn't miss but one game. I was there for my team time in and time out. Jerry Rice didn't become the best receiver because he just got – 20,000 yards in one year, he was able to stay around for a long time and be effective doing it. Wasn't any different than what I did. Jerome Bettis was, wasn't as a, a, a pretty running back like a Barry Sanders, but he was around for a long time and doing stuff at a high level for a long time. Longevity and accessibility to your squad being available, that should make a difference too. You know, you mentioned longevity, and that uh, is interesting to me because in 1991, at the age of 23 years old, Brian Mitchell returned 74 kicks and punts for 1,183 yards. 11 years later, with your bones creaking, at 34, you returned 89 punts and kicks for 1,729 yards. And I'm wondering, how does someone do that job that effectively for that long when it is one of the most dangerous things in, in, in football and many guys become the master of the fair catch about halfway, you know, five or six years into it? So how, how did you last so long? Well, I think when I... The thing about me, I, I lived in the weight room. And, uh, you know, when I was in college, I did a lot of unbelievable weights. I power cleaned over 360 pounds. I bench pressed over 400 pounds, squatted over 600 as a quarterback. When I got to the league, I stayed. I did the same things. And I think coming into a team like the Washington Redskins, who had Art Monk and Darryl Green and Joe Jacoby and all these guys, and I watched the way that those guys worked out. And I never was happy and comfortable with my job. I always felt like someone was going to take my job. Like the next, but two years later, they draft, I mean, the next year they draft Ricky Irvins, okay, guy of USC, Rose Bowl Hall of Fame, uh, Rose Bowl MVP. Then they draft the Heisman Trophy winner, Desmond Howard. 
you know. <laughs> so it always kept me hungry and made me work at it. And the thing about it, I never approached the game like a return guy or when I was a quarterback because those guys normally – quarterbacks don't lift as many weights as most guys. Return guys are normally the smaller guys. I wanted to be as tough as I can because I wanted to inflict pain on them just like they were trying to do me. Brian, you look at uh, Russell Wilson and the success he's had at quarterback as a shorter quarterback. Are there any mm-hmm. regrets that you didn't give quarterback a shot anywhere? I don't have the regrets because, to be totally honest with you, when I started playing football, I was a running back. And in the eighth grade, my coach moved me to quarterback because he said I was the best athlete on the team. And I threw the ball better than anybody. So I was able to parlay that into a scholarship to go play, to go to college, you know, to get an education because my mom and dad wasn't going to be able to pay for it. And by being a quarterback, I found a coach who, uh, Nelson Stokely, who used to be there with Clemson when they won the national championship. He had an offense that enabled me to use all of my talents and not just one or two. You know, and I was able to go there and then get drafted by the Redskins and make it to the NFL, what I wanted to do, and play 14 years. So, you know, I don't regret this opportunity. I, I did get a chance to play quarterback in the NFL. My first year, Monday Night Football, against the Eagles, we had like eight players go down. So body bag game. Body bag game. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a tremendous amount of fun for me. But when – I was offered the contract from Saskatchewan. My thing was that I dreamed, in every dream I had, I was playing in the NFL, not in Canada. So I had to give the NFL that shot. And when you're getting paid to do a job, then I think it's all good at that point. Hey, Brian, this has been a lot of fun, too, but uh, we're out of time. So we got to run. But thanks so much. And you know what? Best of luck with your Hall of Fame candidacy. Appreciate it, man. Thank you all for giving me the chance. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. That was former special teams ace Brian Mitchell. Up next, R&I Game Changers. This is the Talk of Fame Network.